Shabbat Shalom everyone, Daniel Luria from Ateret Konim here in beautiful Yerushalayim. I mean beautiful in every sense of the word. I'm sorry that some of you or maybe many of you can't come in because of the corona gateways that are closing the door to Am Yisrael. Shouldn't be happening. Uh, let's hope that the uh, the world and governments wake up and we do what is necessary and that Hashem sends us uh, whatever needs to be sent, the Chokhmah and the Rufuah to move along and that Amisho can once again return to uh, Eretz Israel en masse, um, hopefully on Aliyah, but even if not, in the short term, maybe even for, uh, for visits. Uh, according to my cell phone, this is my hundredth haklata, the hundredth time um, I'm actually using this uh, audio. So uh, let's hopefully you'll be able to learn something in the next few minutes from something from the parasha, parashat Va'era. And I appeared, Va'era el Avraham el Yitzchak vel Yaakov. I became known to, known and seen and spoke and became as one with Avram, Yitzchak and Yaakov. Anyway, like all the parashiot, it's a beautiful parasha. Um, I'm not saying that we have to wait till the age of 80, like Moshe Rabbeinu was uh, when he stood in front of Paro. Uh, but it does tell you something about uh, that age is really just a number and that uh, we can lead, we can act, we can do things, we can change the, the way communities and nations even walk and fold and act and do everything at any age. It depends on our emuna and our internal psyche, what we're able to, uh, to do. That doesn't mean to say we should wait till the age of 80 to do some special things for Am Yisrael, uh, but just uh, says a lot about uh, uh, the capabilities of every person. Um, so that was Moshe Rabbeinu at the age of 80. Of course, a lot of the parasha uh, really centers around, I guess, Bechirach of shit, free will, free choice. Do we have it? Was Paro a, a robot? Or was it the fact that he sinned so many times? It was as if he had no free will and choice anymore. You know, when someone sins once, okay, you can uh, get back and Choser and you can apologize when you do it two times, three times, four times, five Already by the fifth time, if you already kept on doing something, you're fooling yourself and you can't help yourself anymore. It's as if you've lost your free will. That's one way, I guess, to possibly understand it. Um, the other aspect in the Pasha that I really liked is uh, to do with Pesach. If you remember, we all have those four cups of yain. Uh, but in this week's Pasha, which is central around to a lot of the story that we tell on Seder night, there is also a fifth cup. Yes, I know there's a machlok at whether they should be saying a bracha, not a bracha, when to have the fifth cup, etc., etc. That's true. But there is no question, and one can't deny, that there are five terms used in relation to Amisor coming out of Mitzrayim. Uh, we have Hotzeti, taken out, Hitzalti, saving, Gaalti, redeemed, Lakachti, take, but there's also Heveti. Not only are we taken out, we're also brought into Eretz Israel, and there are many people that ever since 1948 and definitely since 1967 actually have that fifth, uh, that fifth cup, which is um, uh, symbolic of the fact that we have come back to Eretz Israel. Of course, the, uh, the plagues are uh, on force in this week's Pasha. We go all the way from the first one, from blood all the way to, of course, hail. Um, some say that hail was, uh, in fact, one of the worst ones because hail, even when it's finished, uh, it created a, a side effect, the fact that it had destroyed foods that even lasted even longer. All the other plagues, as we know, uh, the plagues that were here today and gone tomorrow. Ah, but with the, with the barad, which was these fiery balls of hail, uh, it destroyed a lot of the crops. So it meant that even when the hail stopped, 
the damage had already been done that was going to last even even longer. Uh, the other aspect about these plagues, which I'm sure you already know, and I'm saying the obvious, uh, is of course Moshe Rabbeinu, who uh, we have to understand. I mean, he, he was really coming from another angle altogether. Uh, you know, there are some rabbis who speak about this in various interesting, you know, Divrei uh, Torah when they're analyzing Moshe Rabbeinu. He wasn't brought up as a Jew. He identified to some format that was something in him about social justice, which is why he didn't like the way the slaves were being treated. But you can't say that he was being brought up as a Jew his whole life. You know, uh, in front at the age of eighty, he comes to Paro. Where was he for most of his life, except for the first few years where he was weaned? Uh, he was brought up as a as an Egyptian. Uh, he didn't have the. Uh, the upbringing, the education, uh, for example, as a Haron, who would be the obvious choice, theoretically, to be a leader. Hashem saw something very special in Moshe, uh, but we have to understand where Moshe Rabbeinu is coming from. Um, you know, what happened in those first 80 years of his life, uh, basically as an Egyptian prince, and later on, uh, as we know, in Midian, uh, but very, very far removed from everything that uh, Haron felt and was brought up in in relation to being deep into the uh, uh, the Jewish and the, the culture at the time. In any case, what we do see from Moshe Rabbeinu is this unbelievable thing called Hakarat Hatov, um, recognizing the uh, the good. He, to a certain extent, he was saved. He was saved by the Nile River or by Hashem in the Nile River when he was in the casket. So he didn't feel right to be able to to hit the Nile with the uh, the blood, the first of the plagues. So in fact, it was done by Aharon. Even that small thing of Hakarat Tov, it's phenomenal to the extent that he uh, that he had. Um, but that's uh, one of the only the one of the many special things about Moshe Rabbeinu. The other thing, of course, was um, his humility and modesty, especially the humidity, uh, humility. Um, we know that he came from Yocheved. Uh, uh, um, we know that Amram married his aunt, which of course it was before Matan Torah. Uh, and afterwards, of course, it was never allowed. You can't marry your auntie. Uh, and therefore, the beginnings of uh, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't maybe the most kosher um, to a certain extent, um, but that kept him in check. Maybe the same thing with David HaMelech, you know, uh, where he came from, even though it was perfectly okay. Uh, the fact that he came from a Moabitess um, a few generations beforehand also was a bit of a question mark on his lineage and his heritage. Uh, that also kept him a little bit in check and uh, amazing hum- humility. Um, the other word which I was seeing a few times in the uh, in the parsha is morasha. Uh, worthwhile to mention here, but I'm saying to people that already know this, both Eretz Yisrael and the Torah refer to as a morasha. It's an inheritance. We're not here because of the United Nations. We're not here because of the League of Nations. We're not here because of our military prowess. We're here. We have Eretz Yisrael because God gave us Eretz Yisrael. It's an inheritance. It's a morasha. That's as mentioned in this week's parasha. The same too with the Torah. The Torah belongs to Am Yisrael because God gave it to us, Am Yisrael, as a morasha. Anyway, that's the uh, the parasha. Um, many things to learn about each individual uh, plague and makar, which you can go through. Definitely worthwhile to do it in order to help out, uh, especially uh, during Pesach time. With regards to Ateret Konim, it's the end of the year now for those that haven't made the end of the non-Jewish year, but for those that maybe like the idea about giving some tzedakah, good for your books to give something, now is definitely a great time to uh, uh, give some tzedakah 
donation, and even to invest. Obviously, only by Ateret Kohanim Israel. There's a lot happening. I can't say exactly where because this is on the airwaves. Uh, but we found some burial caves, unbelievable, dating back at least 1,800 years. And in fact, one of the burial caves, we found some uh, oil lamps uh, with signs of... Uh, of Judaism. Uh, there was a menorah, there was a lulav, all on this oil lamp in a barricade that was found under one of our buildings, doesn't matter in which neighbourhood, something very, very special for those that want to be involved in this dig, which is however special it may be, it's also costly. So if you want to be involved and maybe even have your name um, up on some new burial caves that have just been found somewhere in Yerushalayim, then please be in touch with uh, with our officers. Uh, there's a lot to do. Uh, this Motzei Shabbos, God willing, we'll be having a, uh, a Chanukah Tabayit for after uh, many of you helped out with a renovation for a family in Ben Dolgan. Thank you very much for those that were involved in that and for those involved in other projects that, uh, that we've got. Uh, we've still got... Um, a play area to do, a number of rooftop playgrounds still waiting for you. And if you want to uh, have dedicate an apartment or even own an apartment, uh, all of that is possible. So I wish you a Shabbat Shalom Umevorach. God willing, we'll see you soon. Shalom Shalom Mi Yerushalayim Ir HaKodesh Parshat Vaera.